0: Alright guys, what's going on? Back at you with another episode of Quarantine Football. Like always, I'm your co-host Ryan with you guys today. Uh, always a pleasure to be on the show and uh, talk to all of our listeners across the country. Uh, got my co-host Dorian with us today. What's going on, Dorian?
1: I'm doing good, man. You know, just happy to be here to be able to record another episode.
0: Yeah, man, always a pleasure uh, talking with you on the show and having you as my lovely co-host, uh, you know, like always, uh, like I just said, pleasure to have you on and uh, being able to record another episode, like you said. Uh, but with that, uh, we have a very special guest on the show today. My man, Chris Childers, running back for Indiana. What's going on, Chris? How are you doing today, man?
2: I'm pretty good. Very good. Too blessed to be stressed.
0: Hey, I felt that's a great line right there, man. Too blessed to be stressed, you know, especially right now during the holidays, you know, great time of the year. Uh, Very excited to uh, celebrate with the fam and just relax with the fam over break for sure. Uh, But getting into the uh, question we want to ask you today, man, one that we like to start out with on the show with all of our guests is uh, why did you start playing football and uh, more specifically, why running back? Uh, I
2: started playing football right around – when I was eight years old, I, I football wasn't my first sport. Actually, I played uh, baseball to start off with, and um, I, I got into football. My my dad's friend had a, a team and just uh, introduced me to it. And I just I just showed up to practice. My I, I remember it like it was yesterday. I showed up wearing jeans and a long turtleneck in the hot summer, and um, it was just uh, after that just took it, took it from there and got, got into it, man. It was just, just loved it ever since.
1: That's good to hear, man. We, we hear a lot of different stories. Everyone, everyone's got a different way of getting into football and, you know, your, yours is unique, which is something I love about Mm -hmm. the sport in general.
2: Yeah, yeah. And uh, the second part of your question was why running back? Um, Running back, I just I've always wanted to play running back, even though I didn't know exactly what it was. I just uh, I just wanted to have the ball in my hands. I wanted to score touchdowns. And I just figured it's a lot easier to avoid people than try to track people down and tackle them. And it's just I just felt like it it suited me more. And it, it worked out perfectly because I'm not I have the perfect running back type like body. And I'm, I'm too small to be a linebacker. I'm too big to be a receiver or a slot. So I'm like perfect running back size and, and height and all that. So it, it worked out in my favor.
0: Hey, I definitely agree with you, man. You know, if I was a football player personally, I'd definitely want to be uh, out there scoring all the touchdowns, getting all the yards for my team. I mean, you mentioned how, uh you know, your body is the uh, perfect build for a running back. Uh, Would you say that uh, that sort of uh, – you know, obviously that helps you, uh, on the field when, uh, you know, getting the big carries and trying to get the touchdowns.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. Um, one thing our strength staff loves to focus on with the running backs in particular is, uh, being heavy, make sure we not only have uh, heavy weight on us, but healthy weight. And our strength that our strength staff does a great job in like preparing our bodies and, uh, getting us ready for, uh, such a physical game and yeah most definitely man like being being heavy and being strong is a huge part of being a running back and really any position on the field because really essentially your your muscle your body build is your I like to say your armor and in, in football so it's uh it's it's a great great thing to have for sure as far as uh being physical and playing this sport
1: so in talking about you know your build and the way that you play the running back position what would you who would you say you compare your game to if you could compare it to anyone
2: you know I I ask my teammates this all the time because I really I really don't know I have I have guys that I like to try to model my game after like Saquon that's probably a main main dude but my, my running style has been changing over the years. Like, I, I've been from high school. High school, I was probably just straight straight power back. Like, freshman year of high school, I was, I was a speedy, shifty guy. And then in my sophomore year through my senior year, really, I was kind of like a big power guy. And um, I got recruited to play at Indiana State. I went there, and I was still kind of the same, same back because I was really the biggest one at Indiana State. So they kind of used me as a power back. Um, But I always had like very, very good quickness and footwork. So it was, I kind of made myself unique, set myself apart from the rest of the power backs, guys that are just strictly downhill. And I was a little bit more balanced in the sense of being more agile and powerful. But now moving into my junior year, of uh, playing college football, I played. I played two seasons at Indiana State, and like after my sophomore year, I really focused on my speed and my agility, and doing stuff like that. in the off offseason before I got to Indiana, and really now I I always ask this every year. Um, my teammates would range from. Drone but they're probably just messing with me the guys at Indiana State always said that because like I said they used me as a power back but now I'm getting Mark Ingram I'm getting more balanced guys Alvin Kamara like that so my my running style has been changing over the years I just you know try to find different aspects of my game to improve on and um you know this I I kind of see myself as a balanced back but as far as your question, I I like to model my game after Saquon Barkley, but you know that's kind of he's a freak. So I see Ryan
1: smiling. I know he loves that answer. He's a Giant.
0: Yeah, yeah I love that. I, I'm a huge you know huge Giant fan. You know, uh, yeah. Saquon. yeah, Saquon. You know, like you said, absolute absolute freak, and you know, great guy to model your game after. And you yeah. know, I also like the comparison. One guy that I definitely was not expecting to hear was a guy like Mark Ingram. Uh, that's mm-hmm. definitely. A guy that I haven't heard from many running backs. I think he he's a very uh very good uh picture of a uh, all purpose back, like you said. Uh Dorian, sorry to cut you out. I'll let you uh, continue with your next question, man. <laughs>
1: it's all good. It's all good. Um go, going off of that and the running backs that you that you listed, you know, all very good at what they do running the ball, catching the ball. But as a running back, what would you say is the most difficult part of the position?
2: You know, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, people really don't know, like running the ball, every running back can run the ball. Every running back can pretty much catch a ball for the most part, but the hardest thing to do as a running back is pass protect. And that's by far the most important thing you have to do as a running back is pass protect. And it's so underrated because, you know, it's, the spotlight isn't on you and a lot of, a lot of running backs in the NFL lose their job because they can't protect the quarterback. So that is by far the hardest thing to do as a running back um, as far as mentally and physically.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree with you, man. I think pass protecting is definitely, you know, one of the biggest parts about playing the position. And you mentioned how a lot of running backs lose their jobs because they can't pass protect. And I think that, you know, extremely, you know, very key part about playing that position Uh, personally for yourself. Is that uh, something you've been working on uh, while uh, playing college football?
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, you you can never be too good at pass protecting. Um, I think a lot of running backs always focus on that. And obviously, getting better with the ball in their hands, but you can never ever be too good at pass protecting. So I always try to focus on that, incorporate that into my drills that I do by myself and with my trainer.
0: Yeah, 100%, man. You know, that's great to hear that you're working on that, uh, that skill, because I think that's a very crucial part about playing the position. Uh, staying on topic of obviously uh, playing running back, you know, uh, being a, uh, you know, being a running back, you're put into a lot of moments where, you know, there's game deciding plays, game deciding uh, third down, uh, you know, short yardage uh, moments. Uh, how did that pressure on the field affect you personally as a player?
2: Um, you know, it, it doesn't really affect me all that much. You know, I, I approach it as just any other down or any other um, play in the game. I because I've been doing this for such a long time. It's just like, you know, another day in the office for me. Um, so I like in short yardage and like game deciding plays. It's just you just have to approach it. The same way you approach any other play, because really we work those situations all the time in practice. It's like just it's so repetitive that, you know, it's, it's kind of meh. You know what I'm saying? It's not meh, but you know, you, you get what I'm saying. It's, yeah. you, have to approach it. you have to approach it the same way you approach any other play.
0: Yeah, 100% agree with you there, man. Uh, you know, kind of staying on topic with that uh, on uh, pressure on the field. Uh, obviously, you know, in some games, there might be some crazy atmospheres that you play and uh, lots of heckling fans, stuff like that. Uh, what would you say has been the uh, craziest atmosphere that you've played in so far throughout your entire uh, football experience?
2: Oh, um, man. I would say my sophomore year at Indiana State, we opened against Kansas. And um, that, was, that was opening day, and it was Les Miles' first game as the head coach at uh, Kansas. And, um, you know, it's, it's Kansas, so it, the stadium wasn't completely filled up, um, but it was still, like, I'd say 75% packed. And, um, you know, those, those fans, Kansas fans, are a different breed. They, not as far as, like... Um, like supporting their team but as far as like heckling we our bench was right in front of their student sections one of their student sections so whenever you come off of the field they you know just get to talk their stuff and um is it, and it was a crazy atmosphere because it was opening day and it was les miles but ellis one of lsu's best coaches and um i remember in particular i was in on a third down Um, And it was a really, really close game throughout the game. So everyone stayed until the final play. And I was in on this third down. And uh, I was, it was so loud, like on third downs, that's when they get really, really loud. It was so loud to the point where I am, I'm standing next to the quarterback. I'm like maybe two, three yards away from him. And uh, I can't hear him at all. It's, It's so loud that, his cadence is like, he says, ready, set. I can't hear him. So we started changing our cadence to a clap so everyone could hear it because nobody could hear the quarterback talk. And it was it was also so loud to where my helmet, my helmet was like vibrating on my ears. And it was just like, it was surreal. It was, it was a lot of fun.
1: I can imagine that sounds insane to play in like you can't your quarterback helmet vibrating yeah yeah insane
2: that's and that's most most college football atmospheres um obviously on the fcs level you don't really get that much of that but um especially where i'm playing now though you you get a lot of that and what's crazy to think about is that kansas you know it's it's not all that you know Uh, once we get to playing. Uh, once we have fans and stuff and we get to playing our home games and getting playing at Michigan and Penn State and Ohio State, those schools they they have crazy fan bases, nothing like Indiana but um, crazy fan bases and um, they they could really get after it in those stadiums.
1: Definitely I know me being, um, like a Clemson fan, I know those atmospheres are crazy as well. Yeah. And Clemson- oh, so you're
0: you're a, you're a Clemson fan now? It's not I a I've always claimed Clemson. Okay. okay, okay, okay. Just wanted to call you out on that real quick. Continue. Always
1: claim Clemson. <laughs> I
2: have I have a few friends that play in the ACC, and they have they played Clemson, and they they have a few things to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I can imagine. I can imagine.
2: Yeah, it's but, crazy. Um,
1: uh, go, going into, um, you know, your your career, going going back just a little bit, you know, you had to go through the recruiting process through high school. So, can you walk us through what that recruiting process was like, and what led you to the position you're at now?
2: Well, so um, I really didn't, I really didn't know much about the recruiting process going into high school. And if there are any young people listening to this, young football players. I would encourage you to 100% get into the recruiting process as early as you can, especially before high school, because I knew what I knew now going into high school, it would be a completely different story. I probably would have been a four-star recruit. Um, And because it's really, it's really all about who you know and um, like the people, you know, and who you connect yourself with. So, I mean, it was, it was kind of like that because I didn't have, um a big brother my well, I have three big brothers they just didn't play football my my closest brother in age to me he played tennis and he got recruited to play tennis at uh, a variety of big 10 schools he committed to Iowa but decommitted and ended up going to Illinois so they I knew a little bit about the recruiting process in that aspect which is completely different world tennis and football um so really going into high school I didn't I didn't really know much about the football recruiting and excuse me, after my sophomore year, I, uh, or freshman year, I got in my sophomore season and I performed well. And that's when I started getting recruited and I would be getting called out of class to go talk to these coaches. And it was, uh, it was, it was really new to me. So I didn't really know, like, just talk to them, got their card, whatever. It didn't really, Talk to them after that. I went to camps and that they invited me to. And that's when I started really like understanding, okay, these guys want me to play college football. And I'm, I'm 15, 16 years old. So I'm like, oh, college is kind of far away. I'm not really thinking about that right now. Um, and it, it was kind of like that my sophomore year and then my junior year, that's when it really, really started to pick up. I got recruited by uh, Wisconsin, Iowa State. Notre Dame, Syracuse, all over the place. Um, mainly, really in the Midwest. Uh, Syracuse is the only one outside of the Midwest, I'm pretty sure. Um, but yeah, man, it was it was it really started picking up my uh, junior year into my sophomore year. Um, I'm trying to think because I committed. I committed to Indiana State. My my junior year summer of my junior year um because that's that's when the the national letter of intent was just signed so yeah so i committed and then um later on after my season that's when i signed with indiana state and you know the recruiting process is really really hard and kind of stressful depending on who you are because you're wondering like who's going to offer me you're waiting it's like the waiting game like with me, I um, I was recruited by all these big schools, but I never got a scholarship to any one of them because I was always, coaches have this uh, war room, they call it, and they have a list of their recruits and they offer um, a certain amount of guys and they have a list on who they want. So if they don't get their top two guys, they always have like a backup. So um I was I was primarily for most schools to back up uh, if the, their main guy didn't get, um, didn't commit to their school. So uh, and it just so happened in my case that all the guys <laughs> committed to uh, their school. So I ended up going to Indiana State, which is a huge blessing. You know, I, I loved it there. Um, it just didn't work out. So um, the recruiting process really ends. Um, junior, mid junior year uh, to senior year, depending. You're, you should really be done uh, getting recruited by your senior year if you're doing it right, depending on who you are. But yeah, my recruiting process ended my junior year after I signed, because after you sign, you can't talk to anybody else, your recruitment's over. So that was pretty much how it was for me. And then um, I, got, I started getting recruited again uh, after I entered the portal. And I started reaching out to schools after my sophomore season, sophomore college season, started reaching out to different schools again and ended up at Indiana.
0: Yeah, you know, you mentioned how, uh, you know, your career uh, at Indiana State lasted uh, two years. Uh, Can you uh, sort of, you know, bring us into uh, why you made the decision to uh, ultimately transfer from Indiana State to Indiana?
2: Yeah. Um, I, I ultimately made that decision because I really, if you probably probably never been to Terre Haute, Indiana, but (sighs) Terre Haute is, it is what you make it, man. Like (laughs) it's, um, it's, it's an interesting place. It just, I grew up really in Chicago a lot and I was, I, I live in the suburbs now, but I've spent, uh, damn near my whole life in Chicago. And uh, going from that city to a, a small town, um, it's, it's like culture shock, it's, it's super different. Um, but what kept me there was the people, you know, I, I love my teammates, I still talk to my teammates. Um, Actually, our bowl game is in Tampa, and a couple of my teammates uh, from Indiana State live in Tampa, and I'm going to see them right after I play. Um, So I I still keep in contact with those guys, and it was a lot of stuff with my major. I wanted to change my major because I was a mechanical engineer major at Indiana State, and I wanted to do something else, and they didn't have what I wanted. So it was just a magnitude of things that uh, really led to my decision to transfer.
0: Yeah, it seems like there's no bad blood between you and Indiana State, which is some great things to hear. Uh, You know, you mentioned how when you entered the uh, portal that there were a good amount of schools uh, looking at you and then you ultimately decided to go to Indiana. Uh, Out of all the schools to choose, why Indiana?
2: So, um, I I actually wasn't gonna come here. Um, I was gonna go to Western Michigan because Western Michigan had uh, aerospace engineering, which is what I wanted to do. Um, But their bowl game was a little later than uh, I needed it to be because I was um, transferring. I was trying to get out of Indiana State that semester. So second semester, I always, I already entered the portal really late. So I didn't have enough time to find a school, wait for, talking about Western Michigan, wait for their game to end, then transfer into Western Michigan, find a place to live, get my classes, do all this and that, do all the things with compliance and the, the health um, staff and this and that. It was just not enough time for me uh, as with their bowl game being so late. Um, but Indiana, their bowl game was kind of earlier and – January, and they were kind of, I wasn't waiting for Indiana like I was with Western Michigan. So I kind of made that decision because I I really needed to, you know, get going. And Indiana's obviously not as far as Western Michigan. So I just made that power move and uh, got an orientation and got my classes and moved in within like a week of the semester ending. So...
1: That's awesome, man. And you know, um, go. I want. I want to talk a little bit more about um, what football is like now as compared to before um, the pandemic started. So, what? What? I know we talked about atmospheres earlier, but what is the atmosphere like now as opposed to when you were playing football last year, even two years ago?
2: Oh man, it's it's, it's way different. <laughs> um, it's, there's obviously no fans. Uh, Well, Florida, you know, Florida is a different, it's a different world. So we're not going to talk about them because when we play our bowl game that everyone could go to that, they could pack it out. I'm pretty sure. But uh, as far as isolating Florida, everything else, um, it's just kind of, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of eerie in a way because you could hear everybody talking. You could hear all the calls. You could hear all the all the uh, cadences the quarterback is making. It's it's like it's 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 different for sure. Um, but it's just some one of those things you just adjust to and just blow over. You know, it is what it is. You control the things you can control. But uh, you know, it's it's not. It doesn't affect uh, gameplay or anything like
1: that. You answered my next question because I was going to ask, does that help or hurt being able to hear everything on the field, including like defensive signals or maybe the defense hearing offensive signals?
2: Oh, yeah, no, really, defense isn't really trying to hone in on uh, offensive plays or offense plays. Players aren't trying to hone in on defensive plays because we're all focused on our own thing. You know, our signalers are signaling a thousand different things. We're focusing on that. We're not worried about the defense. We react to the defense and what they're doing um, from film and stuff like that. So.
1: So with there not being fans in the stadiums, does it change um, anything in terms of butterflies going into the game or is it just the exact same mindset uh, game after game, excluding Florida, obviously?
2: Yeah. Uh, it's, it's the exact same mindset. You know, I like to, I, I can't, I couldn't play this year because of the transfer rules. So I like, it's kind of, you know, not, I can't really, I'm speaking from when I was playing at Indiana state um, because I had to sit this year out, but you know, it's, I, all the other guys, I'm pretty sure have the same philosophy. It's, it's the same thing, you know, fans, no fans, obviously there's home field advantages and stuff like that, but now, fans, no fans, never should affect the way you play.
0: Yeah, man, I definitely agree with you there. And, you know, obviously you mentioned that due to the uh, transfer rules you had to sit out this year. Uh, for next season, are you looking to uh, take over that starting running back role at Indiana?
2: You know, that's always a goal. But I, you know, I'm I'm just going to try the best I can. And whatever stems from that, you know, it, it is what it is. I just want to help my team win or that's on every special teams on one special team, where are starting running back, you know, the coaches really make that decision and decide who's the best to uh, play and not play. So um, I don't really look at it as uh, me trying to um, me focusing on myself and trying to score touchdowns. It's not like that. And really none of my teammates think like that. It's, Is what I could do for my team and help my team win games. And um, like I said, whether that's starting running back or special teams or scout team, um, whatever I could do to help my team win, that's what I'm going to do.
0: Yeah, man, for sure. I mean, football is all about uh, playing as a team and has always been a team sport. So, you know, really like that mentality right there and definitely agree with you uh, 100%. Uh, before we wrap this one up, I had one last question that I wanted to ask uh, before we sign off is, you know, obviously Dorian mentioned uh, COVID and how it's affected uh, football. But uh, personally for you, how did COVID uh, affect any of your, uh, you know, sort of workout routines or uh, did it change any parts of your lifestyle uh, once the pandemic hit with football?
2: man. Um, It was, it was really tough to get workouts in. Um, I was, we, we were in the middle of spring ball. We had like three, four practices uh, before the pandemic shut us down and we went home and um, man, that was, and I was, I was only because I transferred that semester. So I was only at Indiana for like, like, 10 weeks and I only had four, three, four practices with the team. I didn't even know my teammates. So that and spring ball was the way I got to know my teammates and they got to know me. So it was was really tough in that sense because that's, I really wanted to uh, connect with them by playing football because that's how you do it. And um, it was tough, like it was tough in that sense. Um, And the other sense, I, I went home and everything was closed. You know, we damn near weren't even loud outside. So I was, I was just going on runs as much as I could, running hills, doing all that stuff. We couldn't go to the gym. So uh, our strength staff uh, sent out uh, body workout, body workouts and stuff like that. So we weren't really sitting around doing nothing. We were doing stuff, we did what we can. And like I said, our strength staff is, you know, I, I feel like every head coach in the country thinks they have the best strength staff in the country. But when I tell you that this staff is, is different, I've, I've seen a lot of them. I've been with three different strength staffs now. Um, our, the one when I first got here, his name is the head strength coach was Coach Blue. Really, really cool dude. He, he's uh, crazy. All strength, all strength coaches are crazy, but he uh, ended up leaving and getting hired at Alabama. So he took his staff to Alabama and um, uh, the whole strength staff just left left us hanging. And then uh, I'm sure, you know, uh, our head coach, Tom Allen, he's he's the man. Uh, he He ended up saying, we're just going to find someone better. And what he did was just went to the New York Giants, actually took their strength staff and brought him well the head strength coach for the New York Giants and brought him and he got his guys that he wanted on his staff to Indiana. So um, they did a great job in sending us body workouts, keeping us active and healthy. And um, yeah, and getting back to your question, we we really didn't, we weren't really allowed to do much. And I was really trying to find ways to get the best work I can. Towards uh, May, I started looking uh, for trainers. So I found one, uh, his name's Dante Davis. Chopping the field on Instagram, you should go follow him. He's a great dude. Uh, I hit him up and I ended up flying out to Arizona and working out there for a month before I came back to uh, Bloomington, Indiana to start my workouts with the team in July. So, uh, you know, just, just finding any way you possibly could to work out is uh, it's just how we all went about it before we started back up as a team.
0: Yeah, man, it seems like that you guys had it, uh, had it on lockdown with uh training during uh the pandemic. Uh, what I like to call sort of the uh, the prime days of the pandemic when uh a lot of people weren't able to go out and uh you know train, obviously, and you know very happy to hear that the former uh, head of training staff at the New York Giants uh, kept you guys in shape during the pandemic. You know, love to hear yeah. that. Love, <laughs> love, uh, love the Giants representing guys, uh, especially in college football. But uh, with that. Uh, Chris, I want to thank you so much for being able to hop on the show today, man, and talk with us. It was an absolute pleasure to have you on. You got anything else you want to say before we sign off?
2: No, man, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure, man, talking to you guys. I mean, you guys, and just uh, stay blessed, man.
0: Hey, yeah, uh, man, appreciate you being able to hop on once again. It was a pleasure, uh, like always, to uh, be able to talk to you on the show. Uh, Dorian, you got anything else you want to say before we sign off?
1: Thanks for coming on with us, man. It was great talking to you, and I hope we get to see you on the field next season. For
0: sure. God willing. 100%, man. You know, we'll be rooting for you guys uh, at Indiana, especially uh, this upcoming game and, of course, uh, next year. Uh, but with that, I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Like always, if you haven't, make sure you subscribe to the show and listen to all of our episodes. It'll be much appreciated. And as well as that, make sure you follow us on Instagram at QF podcast. We're about a hundred followers away from 7,000. So make sure you go ahead, give us a follow there. But with that, I want to thank everyone for listening today and we'll see you guys next time.